1: And I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset.
0: We are 1,300 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm fine. I'm better than you today, clearly, because you're rust off your feet today. I have had, for the benefit of the listener, I have had absolutely, positively no time today. And as a matter of fact, I do apologize to our subscribers for not having a prep session, but uh, given to the circumstances of what's surrounding me today, I have no time. So we're just going to go and hope that we can throw something together uh, off the cuff of things. Thank I have to get that right now, don't so I? am so
1: glad you got that right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. I have to have to be mindful of that at every, at every turn now. So anyway, but before we get started, we took a big risk when we started all this. We're not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other like the mainstream media. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. And we do thank all of you who have subscribed thus far and who have chosen to support our work. We really do appreciate that. That helps us in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine. Benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product like you're hearing now. Exception would be today because of time constraints. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like Sky News, BBC, CNN, Fox News and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can click it and you can come on board with us and you can take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you and by doing so you will support our work the research that goes along with that work and together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds on the television in the newspapers and the talking heads on the international stage like klaus schwab for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month together we can take action as subscriptions start at just five dollars per month so with that being said, where would you like to start? And then I have plenty to roll into because I I really, to kind of go along with that, um, that promo that I just read there for our subscribers, uh, for our subscription service, I, I would like to point out the things that are extremely relevant to the times that we're living in as in strategically, geopolitically, um, economically, that we're not seeing from the mainstream media that we should be seeing from the mainstream media, at least to somewhat bring attention to the asleep at the wheel uh, masses, if you will, because- No, you mustn't call them sheep
1: anymore, apparently. No, I you can't. really offended no, I... by that. No, Although I cannot.
0: But I I saw a demonstration yesterday in front of the uh, uh the the parliament in Germany, and there were about a quarter million people there. And I thought to myself, if any one of you people actually knew what you were supposed to be doing there, you wouldn't be there. And I pointed that
1: out to you. Uh, and yeah, you so- you, you did. Uh, what I want to get into very quickly. There, there's a couple of points, and as I'm the only one of us that really does. Have anything to do with social media? One point is from Facebook, and the other point is from Twitter. The artist, formerly or the artist, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. The First one saw a video as I was sat there just idling away, flicking, scrolling through videos, and it was an African gentleman talking to a guy from the U.S. and he was talking about how much money was being given to certain countries in Africa by the US. Uh, and when asked what the money was for, um, they were told, well, it's for human rights. And he was saying, so it's to follow your agenda, the woke agenda, the transgender agenda, the LBGTQ plus 1A rights agenda, uh, which of course, by the majority of Africans is outrightly rejected. But the U.S., the U.K., and other European countries, Westernized countries, are still giving to Africa in the hope that they can influence the way that they conduct their society. Um, this guy had to say, "Well, no one's asking uh, when the the Chinese come and the Russians come. What do they ask for? They just want to to, to teach us military, you know, tactics and skills. It's a skills exchange." Well, unless the Chinese need to learn how to, I don't know, dance really well or, um, you know, conduct vast herds of, of cattle across the Masai Mara, um, the Africans have got nothing to offer. So what they are offering is their mineral wealth and also forward operating bases in Africa for the Chinese and the Soviets and the Russians. So th- th- this is my point. I'll get to it, I promise you, because I know we're against No, no, against con- the continue on. No, you're you're making some great points here. When I went to um, make a comment on this video, which you could normally do on most Facebook things, there was no option for comment. So I tracked down the poster by pressing on his profile picture and sent them a fastbook message, which I then get informed by fastbook messenger that this account cannot receive messages. So not only can, they, you, can you not comment on their posts, which are in a public forum, you can't message them directly to ask questions or, or make a point yourself. So what that is, it links into your spiel about the subscription services. We are not backed by fake dollars, corporate dollars that uh, are used to make us hate each other. This was uh, a direct thing saying, first of all, attack on the LBGTQ plus 1A community by stating that Africa's not interested in your rights. The next bit was to say the West in giving money to Africa is not right because it's done with conditions. It's not an unconditional gift of aid. Uh, It it comes with a condition that you abide by the same rules and laws uh, as our society does, which just isn't going to happen in Africa. Uh, And the other thing is Russians and Chinese are great. So this is out there on Facebook, Fastbook, and you can't comment on it. You can't comment on a post like that, and it's very frustrating. And even when you complain, when you try to complain and report the video, the options it gives you, that none of them cover the actual problem, if you see what I mean, the right to reply. Mm. If you're going to put something in a public forum, there should be the right to reply. So therefore, if you've chosen to make your settings no comments, no messages, then you should be restricted in only putting those things round to your friends not in a public forum so that that's that's one thing i don't know what you've got to say about that before i move on to the next thing
0: well i honestly i think that what you've described here actually goes to a lot of the points that i want to make today and that is we're being given i i wouldn't i wouldn't even say we're being given we're being force-fed this this myopic view of things that are just not true and we're avoiding the obvious uh signs and and possible implications of what all this could mean we're being shown this uh, this one-sided opinion I guess and and you've got people here that are running with it you've got and I'm not talking about politicians okay this this goes to a larger uh, a larger thing here this is a problem that is with the uh, the supposed right wing in the west the images that are being portrayed are an image of what can Russia or China do wrong it's always the west everything that's bad that's happening in either sub-saharan Africa or in South America or in South Southeast Asia or wherever, that's all your fault. That's what people are being twisted into into believing is the blame has to uh, be redirected.
1: Yeah, the, the rank and file who are making, you know, that point that it's our fault, it's the West's fault, they're doing that, in my humble opinion, and it is just my opinion, because they can't influence Moscow or Beijing. They should be able to influence their own governments. But they can't do that either because their own governments are being run from outside of their own country by the puppet masters that we've talked about um, ad nauseum. So that's why they attack whatever the West is doing in places like Africa and other parts of Asia where the West is trying to have some influence. And there's always an ulterior motive as well. Uh, And it is about, even if that ulterior motive is to just stop Russia and China from getting hold of yet another regime and making them a vassal, because that's what happens. It is that domino effect again, where you get country after country just falling under the influence. You know, there's an old saying from uh, the story of the Trojan horse, beware Greeks bearing gifts. because. That's exactly what these Belt and Road initiatives are. They are a Trojan horse. Yes. However, our influence, again, quite often through the UN in terms of aid to developing nations, that's the nice way of putting it, apparently, developing nations, not third world countries, as we used to call them. And do you know what? I, I, I wouldn't want to develop past that third world stage if... What we are facing today is the outcome. If we're facing a situation where you can't have a quick coup and get rid of your your corrupt government, which happens all the time in Africa, and it's usually with either Western or Eastern backing. It's one warlord after another is all it is. Yeah. So it's, it's just things like Fastbook, to round off this point, is... If you are going to post something into a public forum and it has any kind of political message, you have to expect people to feed back on that one way or another and give their opinion. And if you're not able, if you're preventing that from happening, you should be prevented from posting. That sounds like an anti-free speech message. It's not. The free speech, if you're free to say something, you're free to be disagreed with as well and and that's the whole point of free speech it opens up debate and if people are fed a diatribe of the same message which they can't respond to um it becomes propaganda and so we know that that's got a pre- that is a pejorative term for news bias uh, and we don't want that we shouldn't we shouldn't put up with it now the other thing there's a guy from the from the '80s, called Terry Christian, and for some reason I haven't followed the man whatsoever. But he keeps popping up on my Twitter. The artist now known as X, and he said something today. He said, "Why are there not more referendums? Why haven't we renationalized the water, the gas, the uh, the rail system, and our, you know the Royal Mail?" Because it's all privatized now. The reason we can't go back is very simple. All of those companies, all of those organizations did work better for a short time after privatization. However, they got greedy and they passed on their greed to the customer, to everybody in the UK. And they've just got their hands in your pockets and they are just taken out every penny they can get as fast as they can. But I do agree with Terry uh on this one matter and this one matter alone because the rest of the time he is an unwitting commie subversive. He doesn't even know he's been brainwashed. He's he's one of the unwitting ones. It's called an agent just so you yeah. so you're aware. Well, he, yeah, well agents usually get paid somehow. But well, yeah, but in this paid. case
0: yeah, in this case, it's a it's a recruitment tactic that's that's used to subvert that particular individual that will carry the message for the Marxist agenda.
1: See, the thing was, when he had his fame, um, it was during the Thatcher era. Uh, he was on uh, Channel Four on uh, shows, I think, like. The tube, and there was a couple of other, and they were um pro. it was programming, aimed at young people, plenty of pop music with that political slant to it with a very left wing bias anti-thatcher. But I agree with him in that there needs to be more referendum. We've talked about this before, and I've said it before. we need to, as a populace, as a voting public, need to be consulted more on what we want to happen because if we were, half of this crap, wouldn't be happening in the first place. And so on that one point, I find I can agree with the left-wing subvertis commie bastard that Terry Christian is. On that one point,
0: well, you made some interesting uh, some interesting points there, and I I have to say that you know again that we're being shown a, a one sided view of things. You know this is this is what goes to uh, a larger strategy, I, and I believe what we're seeing is something called a scissor strategy. I can go over this with you in great detail, specifically about what happened with Afghanistan and what the Soviets did as back in the the seventies, the you know mid late seventies, what they did in seventy nine up to the point where they got the West involved there. And believe me, that's how it happened. Uh, And then how they were able to capitalize on that and how a scissor strategy actually works. I don't have the time to go into it today, Uh, but it is quite detailed. And we can discuss that possibly uh, next week when you're on, uh, because I think it it, it is extremely relevant to what we're seeing today. But I just want to talk today about the things that we're seeing on the surface. We can go into detail on it next week because I believe we can do an entire podcast on a scissor strategy. And then once... Once you see how a scissor strategy works, then I believe you'll understand exactly how these agendas are playing out and and what we're being force fed now. First of all, I'd like to turn your attention to you started with with Africa. Yeah. So let's let's turn our attention to that. Okay. so this was just the other day. This is Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin with what I believe his name is uh, Khalifa Haftar. He is the commander of the Libyan National Army. Why was this not in our mainstream media at all? All of our mainstream media were, were told that they're all anti-Putin and anti-Russia and, and this and that, right? Everybody's against Russia because the whole Russia-Ukraine war. Again, another scissor strategy. Now, you would think that Libya, with the incident that happened with uh, Gaddafi, you would th- who was allied with the Soviets, by the
1: way, you would think that this would be big news. But Well, it, it should be big news. It should be, uh, yeah. Most think of Africa as being a very long way away. It's not. Africa is the width of the Mediterranean away. Just ask the people in the small islands around Italy and Greece at the moment that are being inundated with uh, illegal migrants from North Africa. Uh, It's not far away. And if all of a sudden we've got a new Soviet ally on a sea border directly across the Mediterranean, we've got a problem. So yes, it should be in the media, but it it's, should be. It's it not. is not.
0: And we also have a a serious, serious illegal immigration problem coming across the Med and across the channel into the mainland of Europe and the shores of the United Kingdom. They all seem to be from parts of the Southern Middle East and Africa. Hmm. Again, you would think that that would be big news, you know, that possibly, you know, you, you would think, but it isn't. Well, let's look at who else was at the Kremlin the other day. Well, by God, that's the Taliban. They were there yeah, just the other day. Is is that, indeed the Taliban. The, uh-huh. Now, again, you would think that our media being anti- uh, that was actually their official state media here you see the logo there yeah um yeah. you you would think that our media being anti putin anti russia you would think again that that would be
1: big news it should be rather but uh, it's it's not but you must have noticed and i'm sure the listeners noticed the sudden step change with the withdrawal of forces our forces both the uk the us canada the australians from afghanistan The attitude towards the Taliban changed totally. There was no cynicism in the reports where they were saying, oh, yes, leaders from the Taliban have said that they are going to work on women's rights and they're going to do this and do that. And of course, they've done absolutely shag all of those things, apart from take the billions of dollars delivered on pallets by the United States government. Uh, And they've carried on doing everything as they've always done, which sucks, really. But I just today, I had that thought again. Why can't we just mind our own business? That's what we need to do. If we're going to take moral high ground about the expansionism that Russia and China are demonstrating, then we need to stop our expansionism first. We need to go from a moral high ground. And then when they get right on our doorstep, like Libya, for instance, that's when we can start to be affronted. The Spanish and the Italians should be, I mean, did we look to see if any of that was on Spanish or Italian mainstream media?
0: No, as a matter of fact, I haven't. But I I seriously doubt that it would be, but because they kind of all follow the same line.
1: You've still got parts of North Africa that are under Spanish uh, cut colonization Yeah. Um, same with the French, that's yeah. where that's where the spanish foreign legion sits in their incredibly tight shirts in that horrible color green that they wear i don't know just i know we haven't got much time but but listeners just do it Do a quick search on YouTube or something or any other kind of search engine for the Spanish Foreign Legion and just have a good laugh at just how tight their shirts are and the macho march that they do. Having said that, I do have a Spanish stepfather, so um, I hope he hears this. Anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch, Italy, Spain, Greece should be reporting on this because they'll be the first to fall. It's the domino effect. The next domino in the stack are those Southern Mediterranean countries.
0: Well, you say that we should be um, we should be stopping our expansion. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I, again, I, I would challenge that point. And the only reason I would challenge that point is because if you have people that are living on the borders or in close proximity to these expansionist uh, countries, and they realize what's happening, if they come to us and they ask to join an alliance that's traditionally been against this type of imperial uh, expansion, which they actually blame us for, then I wouldn't call that expansion. I would call that
1: self-preservation. Under those terms, as you describe it, I would agree with you. However, if you look at the governments in those types of countries that border OK, we're really here. We're talking Central and South American countries, aren't we? That, well, that's in really this case, yes.
0: And again, yeah. I would argue expansion because of the infiltration of the drug cartels. And then, of course, you got the Chinese yeah. triad gangs that infiltrated organized crime in Canada. So China and Russia have been on the U.S. border for a good many decades now. And should be, as you said, cause for alarm. And we've paid absolutely no mind to it. We've just been ostriches and buried our head in the sand.
1: But how many of those governments that were then subsequently overthrown by these Russia-China-backed rebels or the cartels, and and another coup has taken place, how many of those governments that were overthrown were there as a result of regime change by the United States of America? We don't normally argue about stuff, but I think no, we're going we don't. to on this one. Yeah, yeah. If well, you, I- if you if you look at it, if you look at Panama, where you had pineapple head, <laughs> Yes. yeah, Noriega, yeah, yeah. Right, he was he was working with the CIA to begin with, but then they burned him and he got replaced. Mm-hmm. Then you've got. I'm actually other
0: reading government- a book on that now. Actually, I, a book I sent you a copy of. It was called Red Cocaine, and you can yeah. see what
1: happened there. And indeed, what's to say? I haven't read a few pages, but you've. Uh, You've got these countries that are poor, they've got no real infrastructure, and they are prime for a bit of help. If that help was just unconditional so that they became your proper friend rather than a vassal, things might have worked out better. But there's always these ulterior motives for the aid that is given whether it's military aid food aid um scientific and engineering advancements those kind of things there's always got to be this payback because it's the corporate way of thinking and that applies to both communist and capitalist nations they've always got to they've always got the handout for something we'll give you this you really need this but we want this in return and it's that thing that causes the resentment that means that when the other side starts to have a go uh, and try and encourage them over to their way of thinking, you've got that ready-built base of discontents within the population. Someone or other always dips out. Someone is always disadvantaged. It doesn't work. The expansionism needs to stop on all sides, and when, as and when, they encroach, let's say the the, the the communists encroach directly into your country, that's when you need to fight back. And, and yes, there are these buffer zones and you can say, well, they asked to be part of our, our alliance, but they were initially, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm flustering my words here. There's been too many occasions of interference and regime change from both sides to actually know what the real populace wants rather than just the ones that have benefited from whatever financial aid the east or the west has given any of these smaller nations.
0: Well, we could we could continue on about central and south America, but I would I would throw in some of the uh, the Scandinavian countries now. You've got Finland who have joined NATO and you've got uh, I, and I don't think that has anything to do with regime change to be fair because the Finns historically have never gotten along with the Russians at all. Ever uh, and no, I, uh, I don't. And, and
1: that's why they they aligned themselves during the Second World War with Germany. Yeah. So yeah, that is a good example. But you know, these countries like Panama, Nicaragua, Colombia, they haven't joined NATO. But what they've done is had their regimes changed, influenced, and leaders put in who meet the approval of the White House. Or in this case,
0: uh, let's talk about Cuba, right? Since we're in the region down there and we're discussing the yeah. region. This was uh, back in June. Again, none of this made our uh, made our mainstream media. And it says here, and again, this is Putin speaking. I just kind of have the, the thing paused here. He's meeting with the uh, the Cuban uh, dictator, um, Marrero, I think his name is. Uh, and he says, it is clear that Russia has always had a special attitude towards the island of freedom. Um I don't think that the um the poor Cuban people would would agree with that statement but it is clear that he's he's meeting here at his his big desk with um with the Cuban uh, leader himself, and you know, of course, the, the Castro brothers are now gone. But I, I don't, I don't see again any of this in in our media now. Cuba is, of course, right on the doorstep of the United States. It's about roughly, I want to say, about eighty miles coast to coast, right from the north coast of Cuba to the south coast of Florida. Uh, case in point, you could look at all the people that fled in the uh, the nineties. Uh, up to the U.S. across the channel there, with um, inflatable rafts and, and doors and anything they could get their hands on to uh, to get out of that country. Again, he's reiterating their uh, their response here about how they're they're going to continue to support the communist regime of of Cuba. And again, you mentioned Nicaragua, and of course, down there you have the person that's in charge now. His name is uh, Daniel Ortega, and he is a Sandinista, which is a communist government. And then they yeah. have troops in Venezuela in Caracas and you also have Hezbollah that are operating out of Caracas as well. That's, again, not my opinion. It's what I quoted last week. It was brought up to our Senate Armed Services Committee by two generals who were sworn under oath, and I highly doubt that two generals who have long-decorated careers are going to lie to the United States Senate under oath on those points. So, again, you know, expansionism, dominoes. I don't think that the the Cuban people have seen any kind of uh, freedom. But again, I, I'm I'm kind of, I'm shying away from the point that I'm trying to make here is we're being shown one thing here in the West, and we're not being shown the whole picture, right? They're appealing to a certain aspect here to apply pressure to the governments by the populace.
1: Uh, with, without a doubt, in this war of psyops, we're losing in the West. The people are losing because our media is not Giving us enough information for us to see the whole picture. Uh, And that's the problem. But here's the thing about expansionism. If you are going to invade another country, don't invade another country to effect regime change. Take the real estate and bloody keep it. Then invest in it. If you're going to do it at all, do it properly. Look how many times Afghanistan, for instance, has been invaded, colonized had a rebellion, and then long-term war against the occupier. It happens so much because it's take, take, take. The Romans didn't used to, or they used several tactics that that kept the populace quiet, didn't they? They used the whole bread and circuses thing. Yes. They adapted the religion, the state religion, which by the time they were spreading into the United Kingdom was actually Christianity and they they took the uh holidays and festivals of the religion in the locale and adapted them into their religion so it's like christmas christmas on the 25th of december but if you go chronologically by what it says in the old testament sorry not the old testament uh, you know in in terms of the uh the new testament and when jesus of nazareth was born that was probably february looking at the the stuff that was in the sky and, the, and, and what's quoted easter easter this festival of rejuvenation it was named after estrus which is also um what the hormone for reprodu- female reproduction is uh and it was a fertility goddess that had that festival around about that time basically if you're gonna Put your forces into a country, take it, take over it and keep it and make the people within it as happy as they possibly can be. Otherwise, you are going to have rebellion, coup, counter coup, and then you're leaving yourself vulnerable to your biggest enemy. In our case, that being the Soviet bloc that was, the you know, communism, they will get to grips with with your newly taken real estate. So. The whole expansionism thing doesn't work because it always creates someone who is dissatisfied and ready to rebel against you. Well, nonetheless, and I, I agree with your points there, but nonetheless,
0: they are expanding. Uh, now, again, you know, keeping with the, the point here that we're not being told again, I now I brought up how Hezbollah is operating out of uh, out of Venezuela. Oh, and I, that I don't is, even
1: recognize that flag. Is, okay, is that, it Romania?
0: That, that is Venezuela. Uh, and Venezuela. that is I was, I, that is Nicolas Maduro, uh, the president of the of Venezuela there, and he's meeting with uh, well, that's dear old Xi Jinping, isn't it? Um, yeah. That was an official state visit. Uh, Bruce and I covered that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, first ladies of uh, of both there, and again, this was not covered in our mainstream media. Now, why why is that? You know, you would think that this would this would be a a big point here, uh, but it wasn't talked about. Now, continuing on. I I don't want to spend I don't want to get hung up on that because that's kind of a moot point. I didn't really I I didn't really plan for that, but it was just something to point out on to this aspect. Okay, so a few weeks back, you and I discussed this. This is the Russian defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, who went to Mm -hmm. North Korea on an official state visit. And you were, I believe you were commenting on the uh, the hats there. On Yes, on how... they have
1: to have bigger hats. They've got bigger hats than the Russians. Yes. Um, the Russians but again, have got big hats, but the, they do. The, the North Koreans have got even bigger hats. Yes. And, and of course, the number of medals. Bearing in oh, mind, yes. when was the, the last action in the Korean War? Uh, right uh, before the
0: uh, 38th parallel was formed. I want to say 50, I could be wrong. I'm sorry, 53.
1: Yeah, About 53, 54. So, These generals in their 60s and 70s, uh, with all their medals, are not old enough to have uh, have fought in, in that conflict. And North Korea has not had another conflict since. Yet they have this massive array of medals on their chest, which is all down to the fact that they get grandfather rights going back about three generations to wear their family's medals but they they're ridiculous they are ridiculous but it's a, it's a, a military uh, state it's a communist military dictatorship uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh-huh. so they have to make they have to make their military look as impressive and powerful as they can
0: yeah, and again, you know, we we weren't shown any of this here in the West. As a matter of fact, I I don't I don't know of anybody even in the quote alternative media that pointed any of this out. And of course, uh, Mr. Shoigu was there with the Chinese delegate, who was the um, was the defense minister at the time. But Xi's been doing some purges, and he's not been seen for quite some time. But he was there for this official state visit for their military parade to celebrate the armistice of the uh, the Korean War. There that you were mentioning. You see all those medals there. Look at all that.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. And- Exactly what I mean. It's like wearing a coat of plates, as if you were some kind of medieval knight. But we weren't shown it, any of this. You know, we're we're supposed to
0: you know, for if, if we're going to be um uh, if we're if we're so <laughs> my point is is that if we're so anti anti-Putin here in the West, then somebody would like to point out possibly that his his defense minister is in North Korea for an official state visit for for something like this. Somebody should point that out. I would think, right? Yeah,
1: they, they should because how old was he? I think he was about ninety. Yeah, you saw that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, and there's the 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 predators that they've they've three um, D printed. Yes, yeah, stolen. Yeah, but. This kind of parade and demonstration and celebration of their military is just about the only entertainment they really have. Yes. And you see all the smiling faces and, and so on and all. Well, anybody that, anybody, anybody that doesn't, who doesn't smile. Anybody that doesn't smile is caught on facial recognition cameras uh, and their family will suffer as a result. This kind of thing, we, here in the UK, we have a thing called the Edinburgh Military Tattoo and um i'm curious about this for go ahead well countries uh, within the commonwealth and um and the us they all get together and military bands and singers dancers demonstrations of military music uh, are held at the edinburgh tattoo it's during the same time as the edinburgh festival the comedy festival which is held every august up there in the capital of scotland uh, and it is entertaining but there's there's no real, you know, military hardware, look at our firepower, this is what we can put in front of the enemy kind of demonstration. The last time I saw a military firepower demonstration was on Salisbury Plain when I was 11 years old, and it did impress me. But again, it wasn't anything like this. We weren't herded into a stadium and prodded at Bayonet Point to wave flags and cheer at it, whereas these people are. Look at all those medals. That is, is uh, there is there a is there a, uh,
0: is a that uniform that comes with all those medals? I I believe uh, this. I'm not. No, that is not the sister. I don't know where she is. She's not in in any of these that I've actually seen. This was official state footage that was released by the um, uh, the North Korean mainstream media. But yeah, I well, the, the- I don't see her anywhere. I don't know who this is. I think this is the. Um, uh, I think this is like a, a cousin or something, but that is definitely not his his sister. No, no, she's this is good looking. This could possibly be his wife or one of his wives, and uh, his daughter could possibly be. It's yeah. only
1: speculated that that's well, they, who those could they've be. Got, they've got in North Korea, and again, this isn't propaganda. There's evidence of it. There's even been a few a few defectors that have talked at length about it. They've got battalions of young girls. That are there specifically to act like a geisha, um, with benefits to the, uh, the 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 military industrial elite uh, himself included. And it's modern day slavery. It's despicable, and the women involved are absolutely dispensable. Um, as far as the regime is concerned. Well, anyway, my point is is that none of
0: this was was shown to us. You would think that this would be again valid points. We're we're not we're not told any of this stuff. Keeping with this, right? So along with with everything that we're talking about here, so Shoigu, obviously, uh, without a doubt, he was there. He was in North Korea. They were touring the uh, the facilities there and the showrooms and everything. He was attending the parades, and here he is in Tehran last week. Again, you would think that the russians being in iran for an official state visit literally having the red carpet rolled out for them you would think that this would have made our mainstream media again it has not you know these are these are all points if if this sounds repetitive i do apologize but all of these are are valid points i'm covering probably 6 months here within a few minutes so you you kind of have to bear with that fact but why wasn't this talked about
1: why isn't this being brought to our attention here in the west well uh, i'll I'll put that back to you as a question do you think our media is too scared yes. or too controlled <laughs> both i both. think it's both there you go we've got a controlled and scared media yeah so we've got a controlled and scared media and as i said earlier on in this psyop battle we are already losing but once you realize that your media is scared to tell you the truth and being controlled to tell you a, an absolute lie, that psyop fails to work and it becomes ineffective. So just like, well, so, well what was he? Was he a, a professor of sociology that was we, we were talking to, was hoping to get him to come on? He was talking about the uh, dissident yeah. voice.
0: Yeah, psychology. Yeah. yeah, he he turned out to be controlled opposition, but yeah, that's yeah we didn't figure yeah. that out until later.
1: No, but even you know within controlled opposition, what we have is a grain of truth, and it's the only thing that that will keep you from falling for the bullshit is that dissident voice that continually demands that you question and treat with cynicism what you are being fed. Have you ever gone off someone on the moment you've met them as soon as you've shook the hand and introduced yourself to them within a couple of sentences gone that bloke's a I haven't fitted one of those in yet. Um, so,
0: I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I can't really count on one hand or two hands or I think any of my limbs how many times I've come across people like that. But I, being the polite person that I am, as you know how I, I do things, I, I just kind of sit back and let them make an idiot out of themselves.
1: Uh, yeah. And in most cases, that will work. But some of these people, the reason that you've gone off them is because you can tell that they are manipulative. They are trying to manipulate you, the situation, and they are demonstrating extremely narcissistic tendencies. And even without a degree in psychology, most people can recognize what those tendencies are, and it causes an instant dislike. It's only the people that are susceptible to flattery, for instance. Flattery uh, initially is how these these manipulating narcissists get hold of you. They make you think it's all about you before they switch it around to being all about them. And that's what we've got to wake up within within the whole population, to see the manipulation, to see how your particular bias is being played to by one side of the media or the other, and then get them to realize, as we've stated many times, that the truth is usually somewhere in the middle of those two biases.
0: And continuing on here, I would like to bring your attention to uh, this next exhibit. This is, of course, um, you're going to see who gets out of the car here in just a second. Oh, look at all the, the, the media there. Oh, that's Kim jong Oh, he's he's shaking hands with, is that Putin? I, I That's Putin, yeah? Yeah. That's the yeah. North Korean dictator shaking hands with, with Vladimir Putin. Now, what are they doing there? Well, they're touring a uh, a missile facility. <laughs> you know, again, you would think that this would be brought up to our to our attention here, but but it's not. You know, we're we're given the exact opposite of what all of this is. I, I'm just curious: is North Korea is in in Iran and uh, Venezuela these countries and Cuba specifically these these ones that I've pointed out here where we have official state visits? Okay, are these countries pro Western? Are they pro-Western ideals in
1: any way, shape, or form? No. 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 They're, no. Their ruling elite enjoy lavish Western lifestyles with the booze, with the cars, with the food, the women, and so on. But what they don't do is allow their populace to enjoy it uh, uh, as well. Now, look, you've got Putin and his defense minister meeting with Iranians, uh, Cubans, North Koreans, Iranians, Venezuelans, Chinese. Iranians, all of them. What's the one thing they've all got in common? Uh, they're all Marxist-Leninist philosophies. Well, they certainly use that to you know, keep their populations yes, in yes. check yeah. and order. I, I don't believe that those actual elites have got a clue about true socialism. Um, well, it becomes amongst them.
0: You're kind of right in, in a strange way. You're kind of right because it becomes and I, I don't have again, I don't have time to get into this today, but it becomes about something entirely different when you get to that status that you're talking about, when you get to what the uh, the Soviets called or the Russians called the nomenclatura, when you get to that le- or nomenclature is what we say, when you get to that level in the hierarchy within the cadre, it doesn't become about the struggles in the sense that it is at the lower levels, you know, the the material, uh, dialectical materialism. It's not about that. It becomes about self-preservation and survival. That's what it becomes about. So you're not actually, you're not wrong.
1: No, um, thank you very much. But the, the other thing that they've got in common is they are all perfectly prepared to let each other do what the hell they like within their own borders without any Self-righteous judgment being leveled against them. I don't think any of them are they signed up to the. Uh, well, obviously, United Nations. Unfortunately, Russia and China are both part of United Nations. But the other Security countries Council members, as a matter of fact, actually, yeah, yeah. Well, anyone who's got a nuke is is on the Security Council or a really big army. But that's it. They they don't give a tinker's damn about what. The Iranians are doing to Iranians. The Chinese are doing to Chinese. They do not care about what happens within their friends' borders. So it's no surprise to see this Putin world tour going on, getting the band back together and rallying his allies against the West. Mm -hmm. It's no surprise at all. But as you've pointed out and as we have, have said Many, many times why the flying flip is our media not reporting these meetings. And it's because the media has been got to. So don't listen to mainstream media. And if you do. Do it with a healthy level of cynicism and question what you are being told. Hundred percent.
0: Now, uh, kind of getting to the uh, the modern points that I want to get to here. You know, this is this all happened over the uh, you know basically over the summer in the last few months. You know, just kind of keeping with times. I wanted to create a timeline of events leading up to where we are now. Now, this was stated on Russian state media. Two nights ago. Now, I'm, I'm just curious. Um, we've gone back and we've played the uh, the interviews of Yuri Bezmanov, who worked for RT or R, uh, RIA Novosti, which was Novosti, which was the uh, state run media propaganda outlet by the Russian intelligence services or the KGB. What we know as the FSB today. He worked directly for them. The intelligence services took it over during the Soviet era. The intelligence services still run it today. This was stated on their media last night. This is not in English. This is in Russian. I'm not going to play it because very few of our audience, I'm sure, understand Russian. But this was pointed out on their state media. Now, I don't see anyone. Again, I'm not playing sides here. I'm just calling a spade a spade. If someone or some agency in the West had done anything like this, then we would never hear the end of it. We would never hear the end of it. But this type of thing, and this is what you and I have kind of been warning about, you know, even privately, each other behind the scenes. I have said that I'm not ruling out an EMP style attack from either Russia or China or some other nation that they're allied with that they just so happen to possibly gift a nuclear weapon to. But again, this was said on Russian state media. If we cause a thermonuclear explosion somewhere in Siberia, for example, a nuclear explosion, nothing will happen to Earth right? I'm just roughly translation. Nothing terrible, no nuclear winter, right? Which doesn't exist, by the way. Uh, Everyone's afraid. of That's Hollywood. There won't be monstrous radiation around the world that will kill everyone. And those who weren't killed won't die within 10 years. Nothing would happen of this. And what will happen, all radio electronics will be destroyed, everything digital, all satellites, this camera that is filming me, this phone that is lying next to me. That's it. We'll return to 1993. We'll have wired phones, two or maybe not, I don't remember. I'll tell you, we lived wonderfully then. That's right. I'll even be happy. At least I won't have to explain to my kids why everyone has gadgets and they don't. I forbid my children to have gadgets. This will be a mountain of hiding for every ch- for every children to return to and yeah,
1: blah, blah, blah. You get the idea, right? So yeah, basically, pretty Russian lady uh-huh. um, who has obviously been chosen for her looks uh-huh. um is saying that if we cause an EMP, we'll go back to a better time. Again, this this, this is, um, if you find out the way your enemy is thinking, and a lot of us are thinking the same thing, we really are thinking just how more simple, relaxed, and sensible life used to be when you could trust your media, wasn't totally distracted by fucking TikTok, When your kids would talk to you because they didn't have their head in a tablet, when people went out and exercised rather than playing games on a computer or or a console, which I love, by the way, but I still do the other things. It's actually something that we want to hear and that some people actually aspire to. So... Half their mind is now going, oh, well, I hope the Russians do do it. I hope they actually create that situation. And it's just a little bit of a nudge more in their direction. Mm-hmm. And if that kind of stuff was put on our media, that would be the response that you'd get from an awful lot of people, unfortunately, they'd be thinking, oh, well, that'd be a good thing rather than thinking, well, actually, I can control what my kids do. I can make a decision for myself. I can turn my devices off. I can stop my kids doing that. I can um, educate them and and make them enjoy life in other ways than having their face four inches from a screen. That is but a valid point. But they don't do that.
0: Yeah, that is a valid point you make. However, we're not looking at this in the terms that we should be looking at it. We should be looking at this in terms of national
1: defense. And if we get uh, not two hundred years it, in the past, it's a possible threat. I mean, yes. But why? My street fighting motto is: don't give the bastard a warning. Don't say I'm going to do this. I I'm going to do that. To you. I agree so with you that. So you hit straight away you don't give a warning if you are going to get to the point where you have to make an attack do it with no warning there's no rules and the sucker punch works so why would they be giving a warning if not to provoke something it's it's like uh, all these videos that you see on on various streaming services youtube being one of them uh, of americans And it is Americans, I'm sorry to say, standing there with their hands crossed in front of them down at groin level, just waiting for the other person to throw the first punch. Because thereafter, whatever they do in response, they are not guilty of starting that fight. And it could be that. That that could be what that video with pretty Russian lady talking about EMPing us all is all about it it's mm-hmm. it's a guy mm-hmm. standing there with his hands crossed in front of him waiting for someone to throw the first punch
0: yes 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 well again you know this is something that I've been warning about for quite some time uh, and I I wholeheartedly believe that that is in the cards of the uh, totalitarian nations such as Russia China, Iran, North Korea can and so you, can on can so
1: you imagine if if we left our fiat currency and went to a digital currency well, right away across no dig- the west yeah. it would, would be, be no gone yeah no one would have anything. no one would have any way of purchasing what they needed um, well, we would also be invaded and conquered so there there is that yeah and and so it, it would be everything falling to bits all at once. And if you're going to give someone a sucker punch, that's exactly what you want to happen. You want all of their senses to be switched off in that very instant. Now, moving to Berlin yesterday, of course, this
0: is the reunification time, you know, fall of the Berlin Wall, which, you know, we have talked time and again about how that was all concocted, again, to bring us to this point here. Now, this is in front of the the German parliament. This is, like I said, this is about a couple hundred thousand. Uh, about two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand that are that are standing out there. The media covered it for about all of five minutes, uh, and this was just a um, uh, a gathering to let the government know, hey, we're tired of the funding to Ukraine. Which, which you know, to so, to a point, you know, you can you can argue that, okay, fine, they're tired of uh, whatever, okay. Uh, but anyway. They're arguing all of the things that the supposed right wing wants to argue, right? So, and and I can't say I disagree with that in a lot of respects. These are people that actually want their country, as in you can see all the German flags there. Those are very nationalistic people, right? Those are people that are supporting their country. And I can totally, totally agree with that. Now, the problem you have here. Yeah.
1: Go on. I've noticed there was one Norwegian amongst the crowd. Yes, as well. yes.
0: There's usually one or two in there. But the problem here is that all of these people are out there supporting the agendas that are projected to them. Now, what does that mean? We're not told here, you know, and obviously I'm on the ground here, this was not and I I monitor the mainstream media here for uh, how do you put it opposition research that's what I yeah. do now this was an official video that was put out by the uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense I would call it the Ministry of of imperialism. But uh, anyway, uh, this was an official video that was put out by them yesterday. Again, you would think that this would be big news here. Or excuse me, this was this is three days ago. I'm getting my day screwed up. This was three days ago. You would think that this would have some playtime here on the mainstream media, especially what I just showed you that was in Berlin yesterday. You would think all these people that are up there, right They're they're all talking about we've got to support what's going on with the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking that they're, they're the The point is, is that the soldiers that they're going to show here, they're in Ukraine. Right. Right. So that's why that's up there. Uh, and that's the city that they're showing. This is in Crimea. So anyway, yeah. the point is, is that the, the right wing here is being corralled. Right. They're they're being pushed. They're being nudged into a direction that supports a pro Moscow and pro Beijing initiative. And I'm going to prove that here. This is very difficult for people to come to terms with. But here we go. So this, again, is this is done in Russian. Uh, so I'm going to the, the subtitles were translated here uh, and I've run the subtitles through two or three different translation matrices. They differ on the the ands, the us and, and things like that. So, I mean, basically what's being said here at least by subtitles is actually correct. As far as anything else goes, I don't know, but what's being said here is is actually what they're saying. Soon they will have an election here too. Two Russian soldiers sitting in in Crimea. As for me, after the war, I will stay here in Odessa, okay? My relatives are from around here. You could say I'm I'm coming home. Are you going to buy land here? One soldier asked to the other. No, they will give the plots. You remember how the, the Leninist, you know, the yeah. Le- the, yeah, they're going to give the plots just like the Far East hector Acre, the special military operation. They don't call it an invasion. The special military operation veterans will have the first priority. We will fight for our land is a thing that comes up on the screen. Contact military service. And then, of course, they give you the usual, you know, spiel about where to go and, you know, how to sign up and this and that. Right, but you were mobilized to participate in the special military operation. you are going home soon. he says, no, how can I leave my guys right? You don't want to leave a a fallen comrade behind right yeah, you don't want you don't want to do that. I will be here till the victory all the way to Berlin to my grandpa's behest. Why wasn't that given any playtime here i am sorry I, I I failed to
1: see how that was not mentioned here uh, we um yeah go on. it's almost like someone's been listening to me, believe it or not, because that's exactly what I said. Probably about 20 minutes to go now. If you're going to take somewhere, if you're going to commit your forces to a war or special military operation, the SMO, take the real estate and bloody well keep it. And, you know, the most success and the most peace within a um, invaded and conquered country happens when indigenous people of that invaded and conquered country start to join your armed forces, I am not totally convinced. Because you saw me lean in to look at the screen there to see the blue and yellow circle. They did the um, translation in, in the to, so. in the top corner. That so you know you're saying that comes from from Russian state news, mm-hmm. but did it? That's the question. Because if a Patriotic Ukrainian saw two Russians talking about how they're going to stay and you know, and the and the Russians would be dividing up the land amongst those that have just conquered it. That would that would press all the right buttons for, to create even stronger resistance. Mm. So I'm I, I don't doubt you. I, I know you don't lie to me, but I would doubt the veracity uh, and the origin of that particular okay. piece all right that's that's because, fair that's fair because it 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 would it would serve two purposes remember the majority of ukrainians actually do speak russian so regardless of the language it's in it's going to work and seeing two russian soldiers talking about how they're going to divide up the country amongst the invading army thereafter that's exactly what the romans did they, they did the same thing. And in fact, they, they had to keep expanding because every legionnaire was entitled to so many acres plus X amount of salt mm-hmm. and cattle on their retirement. And that's what they did. That's how, that's how they, it's why you've got Roman villas all the way up to the north of England uh, and and further spreading south into North Africa, um, you know, where they fought the Carthaginians. So. It's it's what happens and it's I think that is a, a way of rousing up the Ukrainian people to fight further against the you know the Russians. Okay. And that, that very well could be. But again,
0: everything Aforementioned, I, I'm sorry, it kind of, you know, I think it negates that fact because they're going they're going to move west regardless because that's what their plan is. They're going to go all the way to Lisbon, and when they get to Lisbon, they're going to confiscate everything that's down there and across the Med, and they're going to come across the Channel. And when they're done across the Channel, they're going across the Atlantic, and they're
1: going to the East Coast of the United States, because they will not stop. Imagine if and when that happens, it will be a pincer movement and the states will be invaded from both coasts, west and east, simultaneously. Correct. And
0: we will have a maneuver coming out of the north and out of the south from Central and South America, which we already have. Now, to kind of shore all of this up, I brought this to your attention last week. We haven't touched it just yet for this point. A man named Antonin Garashenko. Who was again? You know, you don't want to say these things directly. You know, if you're if you're like a Vladimir Putin or or a Sergey Shoigu or a Sergei Lavrov, you don't want to point these things out directly. You want to have your your surrogates do it for you, right? Kind of like the the pretty Russian lady that was on the uh, the state media there. You you want to have her say that, right? Because she's expendable. You want to get rid of that person if it goes wrong. Well, you know, the Russians they have these these um these parliamentary procedures called uh, it's called State Duma. And well, all the parties in there, you know, they don't actually disagree with each other. Now, they might have a couple of spats here and there, but they're all splintered from the original Communist Party, Soviet Union. Well, a member of the Russian ruling party, uh, Yevgeny Fedorov, put this out publicly and prepared a bill for the State Duma. And Mr. Garoshenko reported this. Uh, per his social media account, Uh, and this was published, again, coming out of their state Duma. His proposal that was prepared in the bill that was entered into the uh, state Duma in Russia is proposing to restore the Russian Empire within the borders of the former USSR. USSR. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, that that includes Berlin. Um, he reasoned his proposal by saying that allegedly various conflicts are always taking place on the territory of independent countries, formally occupied republics. Therefore, it would be logical, quote, logical, to bring them back under Moscow's control, even if Russia has to go to war with each one of these countries. He says that the republics left the USSR illegally, and therefore Russia allegedly has the right to retake them and
1: they should restore those borders. Um, that's scary talk, isn't it? Mm. it? It is very scary talk. And it just takes me back to my earlier point that once you've got your own country, keep your nose out of other people's business. But no one is doing that. We're not doing it. They're not doing it. And so it's very difficult to take the moral high ground when your own country. Uh, And your own allies are guilty of the same thing. However, I have to say, I just hope I stay fit enough to fight back should the need arise. Um, Well, you're not going to have to wait long, my friend, I can assure you. Well, you're scaring the life out of me, mate. It's it's
0: a scary thought, a very scary thought. Here's the question. Here's a question. If we don't talk about it, if we do what the mainstream media and our governments and, and their, you know, their henchmen, if we if we do what they're and doing, we is are that- going to be totally taken by surprise. Yes. yes. Is
1: that is that going to make it not happen? No no, 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 no. In fact, if anything, it's going to make it happen faster. Yes. Um, because, you know, if we if we are totally unaware, we are the ones that will receive that sucker punch that I mentioned earlier.
0: Yes. And to your points again, you're you're kind of this is not scripted. So this is this is going really well. Again, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that our media is giving us a one sided show. And because of what's being played out, which we'll talk about, you and I'll talk about next week, the Scissor Strategy, because of what's being played out, the opposition here, quote, opposition is being corralled to carry an agenda. Now, we're not unique to this in the northern hemisphere. The
1: Victoria yeah, Premier, I was yeah. going to say, I can see uh-huh. by the picture you've got up there, that's Castle Main Forex uh-huh. Uh yeah. the woman is handing out, which is an Australian yeah. lager, uh-huh. and it tastes like
0: piss. Well, uh, perhaps some of our Aussie listeners will agree with you. Perhaps some won't. I don't know. But it's important to note here, Marty, that um, this is not... This is not Australian beer that they're drinking. It might surprise you. Listen very carefully. Again, Victoria Premier Dan Andrews resigned in in disgrace, uh, and I think it's appalling that he actually gets to leave with a golden parachute. That man should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law and spend the rest of his life in a penal colony. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe that was the wrong word because Australia, you know, you guys. Turn that into a penal colony. Maybe that's the wrong wrong terminology. But anyway, nonetheless. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just having fun. That's all. Anyhow, again, Marty, this is not this is not Aussie beer. Listen very carefully as to whose beer this is. Straight from the Russian consulate. Well, Aussie Kozak bought the beers through a third party, obviously. And then a fourth party organized the collection of the beers and brought them to the location. So you're telling me this is Putin's beer right now? Yeah, yeah, we're drinking Putin beer. How do you feel about that? I'm oh, great with that.
1: Um, you might not know this, but Ozzy Cossack is a YouTuber, earns his living from videos On YouTube and he's been arrested many times, but he was standing up against the oppression uh, of the former prime minister's lockdowns and anti-convid methods. I think that's just a bit of a snub, but as we know, reporters in crowd situation pick on the dumbest looking motherfucker they can find to speak to. So they'll get the soundbite that they need, and that's what happened there. No, Castlemaine 4X and the other beer that they were drinking are Australian beers. I think the point he was trying to make was that the Russian consulate paid for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's... Oh, hang on, there's somebody at the door. Two seconds. Yeah, sorry about that. So where was I? Yeah, so so they got the soundbite they wanted, but two minds about the backtrack as well. Um, it was. We're not going to take it by Twisted Sister, and I think was his name Roy Schneider, who was the lead singer, or D Schneider.
0: D uh, um, Schneider. That was it. Yeah,
1: Dee Schneider. And, and so in the glam rock period, there he was with his long curly blonde hair and really gaudy makeup with blue eyeliner and red lipstick. But that was a stage. That was a stage image. I'm sure that's not how D dressed. Mm-hmm. No, he he does still have the hair.
0: Yeah, he does still have the hair, though. He is a bit old. Uh, 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 Marty sounds a little winded because he's actually picking up a package that I just had delivered to his house.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. I just had to run. Reggie alerted me to the fact that the door and I've got my um, security camera on in front of me so I could see the front yeah. of the house. Well, I just got and a saw... notification that that was delivered. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. I shall look forward to that later. Look, I'm waffling on a bit now and I yeah, know you're
0: pressed. Yeah, we got to go. We actually ran over quite a bit, but that's okay. So uh, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. That'll do it for us for today and for this week. Marty, I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday.